Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen. What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Berry. And Brett, this <laughs> we're recording on Thursday, May 4th, which for all you Star Wars fans out there is a pretty big, important day. Um, it's also a very busy Arizona sports, like Arizona Athletics News Day. There's some good news, bad news, both involving Jadens. Where should we start? Let's start with the good news, Adam. All right. Starting with the good news, Jaden Bradley is Arizona men's basketball's first transfer portal they commit uh, Alabama guard, point guard, you know, a big point guard, very athletic, big time recruit, played the one year at Alabama, who was quite good this past season. And he has now just agreed to sign. He signed with Arizona. So Arizona, everybody's waiting. I won't say patiently, but everyone was waiting for Arizona to pull some guys out of the portal. And now they've done, you know, they pulled one guy out. Well, and in true Arizona fan uh, weirdness, you know, a former McDonald's All-American that was an All-SEC freshman player. They're like, ah, he's not as good as Nemhard. It's like, okay. <laughs> Everybody just calm down. Um, well, but- I, people got excited about Nemhard, and it's like, and he's good. But Bradley seems to be a pretty impressive get to me. Yeah, I, you know, I think they're both of similar quality overall. Uh, they have different skill sets. I think, you know, Jaden's... Uh, biggest weakness is probably his outside shot, but he was a true freshman and there's room to grow there, but he's, you know, he could be a very complimentary player on the court. I don't know if you watched any of his like highlight highlights from Alabama. I, I did, but I mean, highlight videos don't do a ton for me because I know how deceiving they can be. Well, sure. But you know, he can get, he can, he can facilitate off the dribble. He can, you know, be a guy that can, <laughs> You know, can we say playmaker in a way uh, that is maybe a little bit, you know, if Kirk Carissa was a playmaker that never shot twos, Jaden Bradley may be a playmaker that only wants to shoot twos. Um, But if you have him on the court, you know, with a Kylan Boswell, who's a very, uh, looked really good as a shooter, as a true freshman, you have Pella Larson, you put some other transfers out there that can hit outside shots. Um, And I think Jaden Bradley maybe is a little bit bigger, a little bit better defensively than Orion Nemhard. You know, it's, it's not necessarily better or worse it's just different but i think you can put plug him into this roster as you fill it out and he could be a really great value add yeah and i think that's it when you look at trying to build a roster someone like Jaden bradley comes in and he's known for his defense you know he's a big strong guard he's aggressive he'll take the ball to the bucket and yeah he shot 39 percent from the field last season 32 percent from the three so not the absolute worst right 
but obviously you'd like for that to improve. If you can get into like the 45% range from the field and maybe 35% from three, he'd be Kirk Creasa. <laughs> you know? And he's not going to take five threes a game, but at six foot three with his athleticism, with his strength and just his just aggressive nature, he's going to make an impact offensively because he's going to get to the bucket. He's going to draw fouls. He's going to find a way to ditch. He seemed like a pretty good passer. I did watch some of those highlight videos, but yeah, he can also play defense at a level that Kirk Creasa just could not. And even Arizona's backcourt now, this is where you say like, it's not only better or worse, it's just different. Arizona needs to be able to win in different ways. And one thing we always remember, even from the Sean Miller years, the best teams was defense, right? Defense travels. Defense doesn't take nights off. You don't have a cold defensive night. A backcourt with Colin Boswell and Jaden Bradley, it's not huge. You don't have like a Ben Mathern. There's like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, in that backcourt or anything. But that's a seems like a good defensive backcourt. You know, and can it be a good offensively? Like Colin Boswell shown that ability. He, I mean, can he do it as a 30-minute-a-game guy? We don't know, but he's shown ability offensively. But defensively, you feel really good about that backcourt, and defense is kind of important. Well, you know, when Arizona's at its best, when they're trying to push the pace, you know, the best way to push pace is to turn defense into offense, and that's really hard to do when you're getting, uh, you know, breakdowns on the perimeter and guys are penetrating and getting, mm-hmm. you know, easy dumps for dunks or wide-open threes that are going in at a high rate. Right. So it's it's going to be I think it's going to be a really nice fit into what Tommy Lloyd wants to do. You know, I think he's I think Jane Bradley's kind of like uh, K- Courtney Ramey with less outside shooting, but better passing and facilitation uh, in terms and of how defense. Uh, yeah, I, I meant to say that. Thank you. Um, but Courtney Ramey wasn't a bad defender. He just probably when he wasn't tried as, when he wanted to be good. He could be good. He wasn't yeah. he wasn't consistent enough. But like. You know, in terms of what Arizona's needs are, and in terms of more athleticism on the wing, uh, in in the backcourt, he can do that, right? And he's yeah. he's tall enough that he could guard a wing. We'll see who else they 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 find in the portal to go alongside. Um, you know, the the you got you got to assume it's Pella, Jaden Bradley, and and uh, Kylan Boswell starting in the in the three perimeter spots, right? Um, but you're good. Gonna, and you probably like want to can actually play well as a starter. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think ideally. Uh, and he has I mean, to come back from the NBA draft as well. He has well, to he, not leave his yeah. name in there. But. Well, he, I, I'm guessing he will. Uh, and I'm guessing the plan will be to have him start. But in an ideal world, you'd have a starting caliber athletic wing transfer that also comes in. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe like a maybe a combo guard because, uh, you, you know, Pell, it shouldn't be your like, you know, second there's your 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 third option in the backcourt he's really more of a two three kind of guy um you'd like to have one more guy that can handle the ball if you're going to run a two-point guard set so maybe a combo guard would go well uh but you know maybe all the sky is falling concerns about the transfer portal from the last couple weeks takes were uh a little bit premature you think (laughs) but one thing you said though you mentioned about Jaden Bray like kind of what Tommy Lloyd wants to do I find that interesting because I feel like the two point guards that we know Arizona had been linked to, right? They brought Nemhard on campus. They brought Jaden. Like they didn't bring Jaden Bradley. They didn't even do an in-home visit. It's been reported. It was like, yeah, because Arizona was like runner-up to Alabama before, so that relationships and stuff matter. But they're different types of point guards. So when you say what Tommy Lloyd wants to do, I don't think there's any specific thing he was looking for other than just another ball handler, like another point guard, and whatever skill sets they can bring. Like Nemhard is a better offensive player. Bradley's a better defensive player. So I don't think, I think, you know, they're different players. So what does Tommy Lloyd want to do? He wants to have build a better team than what he had last season. And there's different ways that can happen. You know, like if you lose some of the scoring, maybe from the backcourt, because Courtney Ramey was a pretty good scorer, then you got to pick it up somewhere else. Or 
You just play better defense. Maybe you don't score 80 points a game. Maybe you only score 73 or 70, but you're only giving up 55 to 60, right? Like that's another way to win. And that's what I find interesting and what I'm optimistic about is that what we saw from Tommy Lloyd the first two seasons, I mean, granted, his first season, they played pretty good defense, but you had Coloco, you had Dale and Terry. You know, you're going to be a pretty good defensive team. But they need to be able to win that way. And they did a couple times last season, specifically as UCLA. It's like, oh, those are ugly games. But was it great defense, or was it just an opponent that couldn't make a shot at the same time as Arizona not making a shot? There are different ways to win. And someone like Jaden Bradley, if he improves offensively, and there's reason to think he will, but they're defensively so much better. And that's where I like because Tommy Lloyd's, I don't say adapting or adjusting. It's only his third season as a head coach. and It'll be his first with a roster full of his, only his guys. But I like the idea that he's willing to say, you know what? I don't need to just push, push, push offense, 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 that he is totally comfortable taking a guy whose offense is a question mark or a bit of a question mark, but comes built as a very good defender. Like that is appealing to me. That's exciting to me. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I think there is, I, I take your point and I think it's, a, it's, it's well, well said. But I do think there is a common thread between the two players in that both Nemhard and Jaden Bradley could facilitate effectively and could break down a defense sure. on, you know, when they're on ball effectively, uh, you know, and that included in that in the facilitating as being a really good, you know, passer. So, like, I think, you know, if you recall at times, Courtney Ramey sometimes didn't seem to want to shoot, in, in, you know, in some of those frustrating games, uh, maybe less so than some of the, than some of the other guys. Uh, but you know, the, if you have guys that can break down a defense, it has a way of f- creating opportunities, especially in a Tommy Lloyd offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at what the big guys were able to do facilitating for each other. Now imagine if you had another, you know, a true point guard that also can get you out in transition when hopefully you have some athletic guys that want to run the court and that gets people off balance and it all kind of feeds on itself. And that kind of goes back to your defensive point. So it's, it's, a, it's a good fit, I think, overall and probably, a you know, a better addition than most people are even even realizing, which is strange when he's, you know, a year removed from being a McDonald's All-American. Yeah, well, because I feel like it's tricky with the with the portal, right? Because there's some guys, I saw Hunter Dickinson went to Kansas, and he was like, everybody loves them, some Hunter Dickinson. They're guys who are superstars who are in the portal. And you're like, oh, can Arizona get those guys? Eh, not what it sounds like their NIL situation's like, right? <laughs> But that doesn't mean Arizona can't get good players. And I like a Jaden Bradley for them because Arizona has good players coming back. And obviously they have, you know, KJ Lewis is a good freshman. Their freshman class next season, as we talked about last week, looks just loaded to start. So you're going to have high-end talent. But I don't mind recruiting from the portal a guy like Bradley here who he's a high-end talent, but he's not like a ready-made superstar. Like, you know he's going to contribute. You know he's going to be a solid player for you coming in just right out of the gate because of what he brings to the table. But there's room to grow. There's room to develop. And there's one thing Tommy Lloyd is known for. It's his development of players. Here's a five former five-star guy who's only one year out of, out of high school. Wasn't a bad year. It's not like he had a bad freshman year or anything. He played for what was probably the best team in the country. And now he comes to Arizona to continue to develop and make an impact. So I really like the move. It's another ball handler, which obviously Tommy Lloyd wanted that two-point guard system. Or maybe not two-point guards, but two ball handlers in the backcourt. Guys who can run the offense, initiate the offense. Because in Arizona's system, we've talked about it before, it's not a point guard in the traditional sense, like a T.J. McConnell point guard. You don't need that. You need guys who can handle the ball, move the ball around, you know, drive to the bucket, kick it out, get those dishes to ball for the easy dunks or the bigs, like you're saying, will happen. And Bradley fits that mold. Kellen Basel fits that mold. And all of a sudden, now Arizona has something it didn't have last year. It didn't have the year before, even. 
Like this is something that I think Sean Miller wanted to do for a little while and just didn't get a chance to do it at Arizona. But other programs, other winning programs have done something similar to this. And to have Kellen Basel and Jaden Brownlee, neither one of them are totally proven as starters, uh, as major minutes guys, but the potential is there and it's very tantalizing. So I like the fit for what Arizona wants to do, seemingly wants to do, and also what Arizona is capable of doing. I think it's I think it's great. Yeah, well, you know, between the potential of those two guys, like both of them have NBA upside, and you yes. know, maybe one of them develops to a point after this year that they declare for the draft. And if not, you still have your two guards, and you don't have to worry about recording or, or recruiting a you know a Deaton Thomas or some other point guard in the twenty twenty four class that's already looking stacked with Jamari Phillips, looking like he's going to rise in the rankings from his you know around top thirty, and Carter Bryant, and boy, you got you know. Makes it should make it real easy to to get some guys in the post that say, "Hey, you want to come play along with these guys?" Uh, and and you know th- wear the Arizona jersey. I think it's it, nice you know, not to go for the like hunting for the point guard in the portal. I'd rather the guy who's been in the system and you know is established. Because to your point, like yes, it's a lot easier to sell an athletic wing or an athletic big on coming to Arizona for their final season and for their year. Be like, hey, you're going to get the ball. You're going to score a lot of points. Yeah, look look at all look at the development of Umar Balo. Look at the development and point and and stats of an Azulis Tabellus. And Azulis Tabellus is not a freak athlete. He's probably not a true NBA athlete in just terms of raw athleticism, right? Um, imagine you know if you had some a guy his size with some more skills playing alongside even better talent than Azulis Tabellus ever did at Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's it, it, the the pitch writes itself uh, and it sets Arizona up pretty well for 2023, but really into 2024 and. You know, there's probably more to come in terms of the roster, and by probably, I mean definitely. They're not. Tommy Lloyd's not done adding players. No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> That's what people <laughs> like to forget. There's still a ton of players, a ton of really good players in the portal, or guys who are, you know, their names are in the NBA draft, but they're going to pull out and go back to school. And I expect Arizona to be pretty active around some of those guys. So, you know, this is the first move of the offseason, the first guy they brought in. There's not going to be the last one. So, Jaden Bradley, welcome to Tucson. Looking forward to seeing you wearing a Wildcats uniform. Well, Brett, let's take a break. and we come back, that's the good Jaden news. Let's talk about the bad Jaden news. We're back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. And <sighs> this, is a, this is a tough one, Brett, in part because just what we've read and have heard is horrifying, disturbing, and just unacceptable. And in part because there's probably still a lot we don't know and don't understand because we're not lawyers. Um, but Jaden Delore, Arizona quarterback, starting quarterback, it came out that he and his family settled a sexual assault claim from his time in high school, you know, per Hawaii court documents. Um, without getting into the gory details, like the details are bad from what we've read, you know, what's been released or what was in the court transcripts and everything. Um, there's a lot of people out there who are fired up one way or the other. You know, a lot of people are ready to kick Jaden Delora off the team. A lot of people are like, nope, it happened in high school, whatever. I, yeah, I don't fall in either category. I'm in the wait and see mode. Yeah, so I am not a lawyer, but I am married to one who is a public defender and had, and has, has informed my opinions of a lot of uh, how I approach situations like this. Um, so one, uh, you know, all of those details are let's be clear our allegations and there's i'm sure the 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 alleged victims uh, perception which i think is what is primarily in the civil suit and the information mm-hmm. we know and we don't really know what the the other perspective is um 
I'm not saying that as a judgmental thing. I'm just saying as a factual thing. A legally thing, yeah. Yeah, and similarly, uh, there is no criminal case here or charges. There is only a civil case, which is a very different thing, and that the evidence standard is different where it's beyond a reasonable doubt for criminal versus uh, an abundance of evidence. Like the majority of evidence indicates more likely than not for a civil case, but the civil case also didn't even go to trial. It was settled. So it is resolved um, in terms of the perspective of the courts, right? So that's, that's all, that's, this is all just factual things, which I also say is I'm, I'm honestly not sure we're ever actually going to get any more information, especially when, they were both underage when the alleged, uh, uh, you know, sexual assault. And Delora wasn't alone. There's a player too who's on Wisconsin's team now yeah. who was involved, and their lawyers had a few more things and basically saying like that yeah. the woman in question was lying about the whole situation. But like, and like to your point, Brad, like what you're saying, a civil suit, the it is different. And if you want to, I'm not like none of us, neither one of us are saying what happened or didn't happen. We're not calling mm-hmm. her a liar or anything like that. We're saying that nothing happened here, but. It certainly, from what I've read, kind of sounds like, too, there is a world where a lawyer might say, if this is all the punishment they're offering, plead guilty to this offense because, like, he had to write a letter of apology and whatever fine or something here, like, whatever is settled here in the civil thing, where they say, do that, don't fight this in court, you know, because it's ugly, it could be dragged out, you're ready to go to college or something, you know, just get this over with, plead to this, get your slap on the wrist, and whatever. Just because he pled guilty to what he did doesn't necessarily mean he did what is in the civil suit, right? Is that is yeah. that is that I mean, fair? And that doesn't mean it, he didn't do it either. And that's the yeah. tough thing. We don't know. And we may right. never know because they were juveniles when this happened, where I think in terms of the what Arizona should do about this, it comes down to really a couple of different factors. One is the main one is like how much did they know about this beforehand, right? Like if they were aware of everything that's come out that's been released now when they recruited Delora and brought him to Arizona, brought him to Tucson, if they knew about all this, then you have to think that they had some level of or measure of, if this gets out, this is how we handle it. If they didn't know about this, or if there is new stuff in there, well, if they didn't know about it, that's shame on them. Like that's a really bad look for Jed Fish in Arizona. And if there's new stuff in there, if it's you know that damning and provable, then you probably do have to make a move with Delora. But if not, if there's nothing new, and Arizona was aware of all of this, then I'm not sure what they can do here other than try to battle the public perception that's out there and hope that this, I don't want to, I mean, it sounds horrible, but hope that it goes away. Yeah. And that's, you know, this is, now this is me more opining a little bit when it comes to allegations like this is like allegations of sexual assault need to be taken seriously, but yep. not, and but that is different than just assuming that an allegation is essentially translates to a conviction. Right. Right. Um, and so <laughs> That's, again, where this gets nuanced. I would assume Arizona did their diligence and was made aware of this and was convinced to the effect that they believed uh, they don't believe the worst aspects of the allegations. Otherwise, I doubt they would have brought him on. And if they I would did, hope not. Yeah. and if they did believe that it was, uh, you know, the, that her allegations were uh, legitimate and valid and true and they still accepted accepted jdl then that's then that's the worst case scenario from arizona perspective mm-hmm. i just i don't think that's a reality um i think they probably have a sense of that but there's also i don't know if there's going to be more information we see because they've there's you know it's all going to be especially with the juvenile stuff we're probably not going to see a lot of great information we're probably going to see a generic statement you can kind of make inferences into 
where people believe on the spectrum of the allegations to Jaden Delora and the, the the Wisconsin now the Wisconsin players side where the consensus opinion was and you know to your point of the especially in a civil case like you make it go away by you know by settling and the other party also accepts that that settlement right that's part yeah. of this so you know i'm not one to like it's hard to assert judgment too harshly in any direction i understand the perspective of if there's even you know some people might say if there's even a small percentage of this that is is true that he's uh, worthy of being dismissed from the team i can understand that perspective um but also i'm you know an allegation shouldn't be a conviction uh you know and it's just it's it's gonna be it's complicated and messy and i think arizona fans need to be prepared for the possibility that it never gets the clean like here is the best here's what we think is the truth by by all facts uh com- compiled here because it's just well, probably it's not, not going to come out yeah it's not going to go to another court there's no more trial there's no more court of law there's no more place for like evidence and discovery and you know because even like Dolores lawyer i did see one court where he's just like we just felt it was best for everyone to be able to move on from that with their lives like for jaden and for the girl for the woman and who you know is alleging what happened or like that's that can make some level of sense of course depending on what happened and there's only a handful of people who know what, truly what happened that night. Um, the thing that Arizona's going to do is, let's, let's say for the sake that there's nothing new here. Arizona did their due diligence. They are comfortable with what Delora, you know, what he explained, what transpired, and how he's been since he got to campus, right? Like, And they don't kick him off the team. He's QB1 going into the season. What helps the Wildcats is that there's still a few months left before the first games. You know, so in some way, I'm not going to say time will heal this or time will make people forget. But by the time the first game happens, a lot of people will probably forget if there's nothing else that comes of it. You know, as we talk on May 4th, if this is out of the news cycle by May 10th, by the time the first game happens, yeah, it might be, you know, someone watching or someone on Twitter will comment, oh, that's Jaden Delora, this guy, this is what's happening. But that's going to happen either way. You know, it happened with DeAndre Ayton. Even in that stuff, people still think that Arizona was he was being paid by Sean Miller. There's going to be people who, no matter what, it's out there, it's in the blogosphere, it's in the world. Whether it's happened or not, whether you're guilty or not, they're going to just assume you are, and they're going to ride you for it. And Arizona's going to have to deal with that. Delora's going to have to deal with that. But otherwise, that's it, right? Like, if his teammates like him, if the coaches are comfortable with him, and everyone believes that he, you know, served his punishment and or didn't do what is alleged in the civil case, then you move forward with him as QB1 and just let, you know, the games happen, right? Like you have no choice but to do that. But I do think that the next few months, assuming nothing else comes out and maybe there, I think there has to be a statement from Delora. I think there has yeah. to be a statement from Arizona football. They have, they have to address it. Yeah. <laughs> so like not addressing it is a terrible thing, but if you address it, I'm surprised. I mean, we're recording, like, I guess Thursday, it wouldn't shock me if like Friday, you know, the day after we record, there's some statement like 4.55 or something like 4.55 p.m., you know, just try to get out of the news cycle. But if they can let it kind of fade away and then the games start happening, like winning football games makes people forget about a lot of things. And, you know, it's sad. It shouldn't be that way. But I just think time is on Arizona's side here is what I'm getting at. Well, and, and I don't even I, – I hope I hope our listeners don't hear that and take it as a cynical approach because it's more like – it's a perception thing like right legally absolutely new information it's a total perception thing at this point and like well because legally from a criminal or civil perspective it is now 100 percent resolved right yeah (laughs) so like unless somehow they're going to come back and file criminal charges which would be strange after there was a civil settlement 
Um, I don't know the the rules around any of that, especially with the juvenile, especially with, you know, how long it's been. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's gonna, it's very unsatisfying, I think, for almost anyone who either wants to see vindication or penalty if they believed that the worst yeah. of it, right? Because um, I just, I don't think anybody's gonna actually, to your point, I don't think, I don't think either of those are ever actually happening. I think that Arizona has to address it. Uh, we're recording on on May the fourth, uh, as Adam said. I'd be shocked actually, if they don't release a statement act- on May the fifth. Well, and I I don't know if you saw just in the last hour or so, uh, Wisconsin released a statement around uh kamoi latu i think is the the other the other player that was involved or in the in the alleged assault and essentially i'm looking at it right now uh they say that the statement says that last fall the officials became aware of the civil suit filed um and it says anything was you know juvenile records are sealed as related to any possible criminal things and then based on the information yada 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 uh it's, it does not violate any any university misconduct or athletic misconduct policies, reporting or disclosure requirements, and he remains a member of the football team. So that's probably the template that Arizona is going to give unless they have different information. And here's here's where, okay, we can move this to Arizona because we talked like, hey, if Jed Fish knew about this or something really bad happened, he was okay with it, that's a problem. Why hasn't Arizona announced anything yet? Why haven't they released that same statement? You know, like, why... Like maybe being quick won't change anything. They could release that same statement. People should be like, "Oh, you're just covering for him and all that." And I understand. I understand that. But why wait? Why not try to like? You're not going to get ahead of this. But why not just show that you're paying attention? You understand what people are talking about. You understand the severity of this, and you're you know you're on it. Like, what are they waiting for? I don't. I I, I don't know that that they're necessarily waiting. It could be that their lawyers are, you know, this is a very, like, the, all of the words that are chosen in any statement related to anything like this are going to be very lawyered and very precise. Uh, and, you know, it's, that's just what it's going to be. And that could take some time. Uh, now, if a if they don't speak on it for, or, or there's no statement from the university for a week or two or three, and Jaden Delora goes into silence, you know, that's that would raise some eyebrows and you know probably raise more questions, which is honestly a worst case scenario probably for the Arizona program. Or you know people because people will just make assumptions that that indicates some level of guilt, etc. Um, you know, or or potentially you know I think the lesser likely thing is Arizona is digging into more information uh, that maybe is available, but we just don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 going to be a very unsatisfying time. I think there's going to be that kind of template, uh, I would be shocked if it's not anything just like that from the Arizona program uh, and Jed Fish and the, and Dave Hickey. Um, you know, at, beyond that, it's it's maybe it's if 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 Jed Fish feels like he was deceived, maybe he makes a judgment call and dismisses Jaden Delora if he feels like he didn't have the right information. We just we just don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. Is obviously you see the headline, you read the story, and you're just sickened. You know, you're like, how could Arizona have a player like this on their team? What, how this is not acceptable. Arizona needs to be better than that. You know, no amount of wins are worth having players who do what was alleged to have done in that civil suit. But it's not that simple, you know, not right now, and not with what we know. So it is disappointing that we may never get all the details, all the facts, and you just like, if you're not a lawyer who understands how these proceedings go and the difference between like a civil suit and the criminal thing and why someone might settle this, why they might plead, then 
you're going to be even worse off because you're going to have a strong opinion and just the legal system is wonky at times. It's not black and white. And it seems like there's a lot of gray here and we just don't know. And being this, I mean, if he was the third string safety, would he still be on the team right now? I don't know. And I hate that. I don't know that, you know, I'd like to think that Arizona would handle every single player the same way, but I can't, I can't be sure of that. Arizona's had mm-hmm. players in the past, other coaching staffs, you know, Kadeem Carey comes to mind. He had an off the field incident during his time. He was suspended, I think a game and a half. And then, you know, and people don't even think of that anymore. Um, Orlando Bradford had some issues too. I remember another player. So it's, if Delora did something, he wouldn't be the first player to get a pass because he's good at the football. Yeah. That's not okay. And I hope that's Agreed. not what happens here. <laughs> but we just don't know what happened. We don't know what's, you know, and we may never know. So hopefully Arizona gets ahead of this the best they can. Hopefully Delora comes out with some sort of statement and is honest and truthful. And you look at it and say, okay, like he can still be our quarterback. He can still be my quarterback, right? Because he's a good player. I like watching him play. But at the same time, if he did what's alleged to have done, then he needs to go. But yeah. will we know if he ever did? Will he know if he did what he's alleged to have done? Not, no. He probably won't. <laughs> well, and, and if, if, if the allegations are uh, wholly or substantially fabricated, Jaden DeLauro would probably want you know, he won't feel vindicated in, in the settlement either. The funny thing is that uh, uh, the accusation and the defendants in this scenario, the, 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 there is no definitive truth. Only the people involved know what the, tr- the true nature is. And even then there's different perceptions. The only, and, and in, a, in a weird, twisted way with the settlement, the only people that have agreed to make it go away are the people involved, including the victim and the accused, right? And that's yeah. the nature of the settlement. And so it's it's just it's probably un, it's it's both unsatisfying probably for them, but also all parties agreed that that was a satisfactory agreement. So that, that are they, was, they? And they were going to move on with their lives, yeah. And and so it's it's just this really awful situation. Um, no matter no matter what is the truth it's an awful situation for some or all parties involved. Right. And it impacts more broadly. And it's, it's just, you know, it's just not great. (laughs) No, not at all. It's not great. It could get worse, but we'll see, you know, so that's not stuff. You never want to, you never want to read. You never want to hear. You wish it never happened. Stuff like that. But when stuff like that does happen, the perpetrator should be held accountable. Yeah. And, well, no matter what and, position they play, no matter how good they are at any sport, like that, you know, I yeah. get where people who are coming from and they say they want him gone, but I'm just not there yet because I just don't know enough. I don't think enough is out there. And like to you, like you're saying, Brett, like the both sides, all parties came to an agreement where they thought they were cool and moving on with their lives. So what does that mean? We don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it, yeah, and it's 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 just funny because like you know people will say like, oh, they're in the settlement. It's pleading guilty. It's like. Well, first of all, uh, innocent people plead guilty all the time. As, as as somebody that is married to a public defender, and if you go into the into the criminal justice system, it's the better outcome. Oftentimes, oh, settlements people. happen. Oftentimes, both sides think they're right; they just don't want to go forward with it. You know, yeah, they're like, okay, it's, it's better for both of us just to get this over with, come to this agreement, and move on with neither side admitting any guilt or innocence or anything like that. Like that, that's yeah. common. It's <laughs> it's it's just yeah, it's just such a mess, and it's it's. The you know, ninety percent of the population probably has their preconceived notion either of he's one hundred percent innocent or the allegations are one hundred percent true. 
the the reality is probably somewhere in between and there and but the settlement there indicates that all parties have agreed to resolve it and it's and it's over right yeah. uh but it's just a question of you know code of conduct for Jaden Delora and the Arizona football program so We'll see what transpires, but let's take one more break. and we come back, there is some football recruiting news, maybe. You know, some guys they have on campus. There's some APR stuff. Just a few news and notes to maybe end on a happier note. So that's coming after the break. All right, it's Wildcat Radio 2.0. Well, we'll do a short segment here, Brett, because we got to finish on something slightly better. That's uh, quite the heavy topic we just went over. <laughs> <laughs> stuff you never want to have to talk about on any podcast or anything when like the real world bleeds into sports. That's never any fun. Um, so football, though, in other football news, it's been reported that Arizona is hosting a handful of transfer targets. Of course, the second portal window, guys who that's closed now, you can't enter it anymore. But Arizona has some big time program visitors to little Tucker, an Oregon cornerback, Taylor Upshaw, a Michigan defensive end, an Alabama corner, Traquan Figgins. Like that's not I mean, just you look at the programs they came from. They have to be pretty good. <laughs> and they're visiting Arizona. And those are all positions where I don't know if Arizona needs more corners. I don't know if Arizona needs, you know, necessarily defense. Like if they're good enough to play at those programs and these guys seem like they're on, they have good size and good athleticism, then I would happily take them on Arizona's defense. Well, I think, you know, Upshaw, I think is to his last year of eligibility. So he'd be a guy that's coming to play right away, right? Yeah. Otherwise, he's not coming to Arizona. Um, but Tucker and, uh, and, and, Fagans? Is that how you pronounce it? Fagans? I went Fagans, but I don't Fagans. know. Fagans? Um, I'm, I, sure I'm not the I, guy for that. We know that. Fair. And this uh, is probably or, one of the easier names. <laughs> we'll call him Trey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, you know it, looks, it sounds like they both have four years of eligibility, so it's not just about do you need another corner. Uh, you know, it's a different thing when they have four years of eligibility left. I think, uh, I think, is it Tucker, the one that was kind of playing both ways or is exploring that at, at Oregon? Um, you know, there's, it's never a bad thing to have talent. Upshaw is the, is a interesting one because he was at Michigan for five years, went to Colorado with coach prime as a, you know, X four star lineman and transferred in this spring and transferred out at the, at the great Dion purge of 2023. So yeah, the Abe Simpson's one, like when he just walks in and walks out, <laughs> you know, um, by the way, I don't know if you've seen some of the quotes from the, the guys that left the team that they were like, they, they said they never had a, the only conversation they had one-on-one with Dion Sanders was the one where he said, you're, you're done here. <laughs> Classy. That's, that's gonna, that's gonna, you know, it's gonna, it could somewhere. backfire. Yeah, it uh, could. I, I think it will backfire. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's it's never a bad idea to have a bunch of guys that that, that have those kind of offers and, and experience on the roster. Um, and this is a different thing for an Arizona football program. And we'll see who uh, who maybe sticks around. Certainly, of course, Arizona lost Evan Branch Haynes and Mojo Weirds and Jaden Young to the spring portal. Not guys who were going to necessarily play a lot of reps, you know, a lot of snaps or be contributors, which is why they leave uh, in the spring. Like guys who leave in the spring just because they didn't see the role that they wanted. And I think that's the case for Arizona. But it is kind of nice when you see guys like Arizona's not losing their best players into the portal. Other than Dorian Singer, they really, I guess, Jackson Turner, Keon Barras, Christian Roland Wallace, but those guys, when they left for a reason, right? Like in the spring portal, they're not, they haven't lost anyone. You're like, whoa, that's, that's bad. Like, where did that come from? It seems like more expected players. So for Arizona football to still be looking for talent, looking for help, I, I like it. You know, I don't necessarily think they need all of it because they have a lot of guys who could step up from last year's team. Guys are going to their sophomore seasons with bigger roles. 
but the more options you have at these positions, the more big athletic corners you have, the more defensive ends you have who can play at this level, the better. You know, can you rotate in? You can keep guys fresh and just, hey, if one guy doesn't pan out, the next guy might. And that's what you need if you're Arizona, the depth that you always talk about, Brett, like to have it at positions on defense even. We know they have depth in running back. We know they have depth at receiver. If they can have depth at cornerback, they can have depth along the defensive line. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, this isn't your older brother's Arizona Wildcats. <laughs> yeah, uh, those three that announced the the departure, like, it's, you know, I, I wish them all well. And I think they were all guys that we either saw contribute or hoped would contribute. I was but, hoping Mojo Weirts would, just because I yeah, love the nickname I, Mojo. But I th- And I think... You know, uh, the Arizona Wildcats of three years ago, those guys would have, or in Jaden Young's, you know, Jaden Young did get starts, right? Um, and those guys probably would have developed to be starters on the bad Arizona teams. Um, and, and they're they're useful guys in that sense, but it's I take it as a positive sign that, you know, sadly for them, they're getting recruited over with guys that are just more talented, and that hopefully is going to translate to more wins for Arizona. Yeah, like that's... That's what you want. And eventually Arizona gets to a point where they have guys who, I mean, they did lose some contributors from last season into the portal, but you know, hopefully you, you want to get to a point where guys who are pretty good are like, well, I'm not gonna be able to get on the field. I should go somewhere else. Like that's the goal. That's the dream right there. Like to be good enough to lose four-star guys. Be like, oh yeah, well you're good, but you're fourth string. So sorry. <laughs> but in the meantime, those are the perfect type of players for Arizona football to go get guys who clearly have talent. And just need a bigger role and an opportunity. Yeah, have that at Arizona. You know, that's where the Wildcats are. And that's how Arizona's going to get from, you know, the zero wins to one win to five wins to seven or eight wins. Is by continually adding guys like that. And then you get, you know, keep doing it through the regular recruiting, traditional recruiting. And then getting these guys to the portal. Then that's how you become a good football program. Yeah, I I will make one bold prediction, Adam. Let's hear Uh, it. Exactly zero of these three departures from Arizona will end up at Colorado. (laughs) <laughs> i will bet you a hundred dollars on that one my friend you know it sounds like dion's kind of running it like an nfl team which i understand like you kind of want that pro model because that's i mean that's something that he knows as well but like that could that seems like it could work against him in college like unless their nil is just so good there where that just makes up for it and you can just go shopping for the absolute best of the best like you need to have those three stars, that gray area, those depth guys. You need to have some of those guys that you can develop, show that you can develop players, right? Yeah. Like, who's going to want to go? Like, people are going to want to go there. I, get, I mean, they've done really well on the port and all that. I get that, but like, if you're kind of that three, that mid three star, maybe high three star, and you're like, I'm never going to get a chance to do anything here. I'm just going to be transferring out because Prime's going to cut me. Like that, that could hurt the underbelly of their roster. And granted, like last year, their roster was mostly underbelly, but you know, like that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, does 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 Dion know that uh, college football, the worst record, does not get the number one pick in the draft the next year? In <laughs> uh, where they, they they lock guys in automatically, like in the NFL, because yeah, it's you know they're they're they've added a lot of talent, but that's a lot of talent to smack together on a at a coach co- uh, you know at a big time you know big time. I use somewhat air quotes. I mean, Colorado has had a nice history, but it's 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 a it's a power five football school now. Yeah. Um, and he's a first year coach and like what happens if they go out there with this talent upgrade and they have a massive improvement to three wins, you know, it's just, it's a, it's going to be a different narrative than Jed Fish had coming in, in a similar situation yep. and the hype and the hype really might backfire on, on coach prime. 
Kind of hoping it does. Well, he's kind of been, he's kind of been a dick in some of those videos and just yes. behavior in general. So it's 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 getting easier and easier to root against him. Even though I'm sympathetic to somebody that shows swagger as long as they can back it up, but you know he hasn't won it. He hasn't won a single Power Five football game as a head coach. So it's a lot of swagger uh, without a lot of track record. Indeed, uh, Arizona men's tennis, a number fourteen national seed, going into their tournament. They start play on Friday, so good luck to them. I know they kind of didn't necessarily finish the season super, or they they won nine of their last eleven matches. So that's you know, not bad way to go into the postseason play. Um, that's what you want to see. Uh, baseball and softball. Softball got off the Pac-12 losing streak, but neither one are looking particularly great <laughs> as their seasons start to wrap up and head to their postseasons. Where basically, an at-large bid is not going to happen for either of them. They're going to have to do well in their conference tournaments. <laughs> well, not, not the spring season we wanted to see on the diamond for either of them. No, um, and there's just, just not too much to say there. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> it's just a. It's I think it's just been a frustrating season for both programs. And there'll, there'll be time to do kind of like a debrief on each of them. We'll have some people on who've been following them, covering them, because you know from the outside, it's like Arizona baseball and Arizona softball being not good is not okay, right? It's like, is there more to it than just, hey, maybe they got the wrong coaches? Is it more like, hey, just give each of these ones a chance because obviously neither one were particularly bad last season, but, you know, with the previous coaches' players largely, <laughs> and then the next year you kind of fall off a cliff. That's not a good look, but, you know, yeah, we'll, it, we'll it, dive into that a little bit more with people who really know what they're talking about, not just like having watched them the handful of times like we have. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like both programs are – uh, achieving less than the sum of their parts which does that is that a question of coaching or is it just is it as simple as just roster construction having some glaring holes that offset the overall talent level right I, you yeah. know it's it's kind of hard to say yeah and then one more final good note uh what is it 11 arizona programs had a perfect apr score from the 2021-22 season you know men's basketball men's golf men's tennis men's track and field men's cross country women's cross country softball women's swimming and diving women's tennis beach volleyball and volleyball all had perfect apr scores so hey good job everyone that's nice yeah i think that's a good way to end the show like on something positive like that so we appreciate you listening of course you can find us on twitter at wildcat radio az if you are listening to this podcast you probably found us on spotify or on itunes if you're well, subscribe to us on each of those, but if you're on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. We got the review on the air. But otherwise, Brett, there seems like there's never a dull moment for Arizona Athletics. Of course, the transfer portal is still out there for men's basketball, and there's still more recruiting to be done there. And of course, spring sports as they kind of head into their postseasons, we'll have plenty to talk about. But you know, we'll get into all that again next week. And until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.